Hey, ESL teacher. Do you feel like you have no idea about how to create first month lesson plans for your ESL beginners and newcomers? Imagine this scenario. Your principal says, you're the expert, make it happen. Your job is to support English learners, but we don't have a newcomer curriculum. You smile, say yes, and think, where do I even begin planning? What do I teach? How do I create the objectives? And, oh gosh, how long do I stick with a topic, skill, language domain before moving forward? If this sounds way too familiar, it is time to take matters into your own hands. I have created a two-part masterclass where I will teach you how to map out your first month's lesson plans for newcomers. After completing this masterclass, which is called simply Map Out Your First Month with ESL Beginners, you will know what is the best way to organize lesson planning for you, what your overall teaching goal should be, how to narrow it down to daily lessons, exactly what to focus on in each lesson, and most importantly, you will feel more organized and confident. You get my personal expertise in two pre-recorded sessions where I teach you step-by-step how to successfully plan your first month of teaching ESL beginners and newcomers. I will make sure you walk away confident in your own abilities to take your students from zero English to feeling comfortable in their new school. The Map Out Your First Month Masterclass is laser-focused on simplifying your lesson planning system and is built specifically for new or newer ESL teachers and those who work in school districts with no ESL curriculum. You will receive a professional development certificate for the time you've spent educating yourself, plus a year's worth of scope and sequence to help you plan your lessons for newcomers. This pre-recorded masterclass will be available for purchase for three days only, June 13th through 16th. If this is something you'd been waiting for, make sure to sign up for the waitlist so you are the first to know when it is available and take advantage of an early bird offer. Once you purchase the masterclass, you have access to it forever and to all the future updates to it. For more information and to sign up, go to simplyyeva.com forward slash masterclass. That's S-I-M-P-L-Y-I-E-V-A dot com forward slash M-A-S-T-E-R-C-L-A-S-S. I can't wait to see you inside. You're listening to episode 24 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. After last week's episode, I realized that lesson planning is not a one-off topic. I get so many questions about how to plan, what information to include, how to figure out the right goals, and importantly, what is the right way to plan it? So today, I want to continue on this lesson planning topic. How to plan lessons is slightly different for ELL teachers. I watched my intern try to make sense of how to plan the lesson using a template that was mostly for general education teachers, and she had way more questions than answers in the beginning. I will share about why summer is the best time to plan your lessons, what makes planning for ELL students unique, and the main components of an effective ESL lesson plan. 
I am also thrilled to invite you to a fantastic lesson planning workshop, which zeroes in on how to map out your first month of lessons for ESL beginners. I hope you find this useful and can apply some of the tips in your own teaching. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. At the time of this recording, it is June, and every teacher's brain is probably melted, whether you have just finished your school year or about to. And you're probably asking yourself, what on earth is she asking me to do? Lesson plan now? But hear me out. Summer is the best time to lesson plan. Why? Here are a few reasons. After you have had some time to decompress, your brain literally has more space and is more receptive. Believe me, I am not asking you to not take a vacation. On the contrary, you must rest before embarking on a new adventure. As teachers, even though we rest, we also do think about the upcoming school year. Let's not kid ourselves that we don't. There is no rush and pressure to run to school and plan for that particular day. And again, you are much more in charge of your own time. And finally, the feeling of preparedness before the craziness of the school year sets in will bring you so much peace. These are just a few reasons. I'm sure there are many more, but I just wanted to kind of put it out there that space and time and peace are huge. Now, I remember when I was just starting out as an ESL teacher, I would hear everyone talking about lesson planning, but wasn't entirely sure what that entailed. My undergrad was in English language and literature and not in teaching. So lesson plans, although I know what it was, but I didn't quite know the process. So, and even when I took my master's classes, it was assumed that we knew what a lesson plan was until the actual class on how to prepare a lesson plan came about. For the longest time, I felt insecure about my own planning process because I didn't know whether I was doing it right. Um, Now I know, and you probably do too, that there are unique specifics to planning your lessons for English learners. For example, some EO teachers work with a classroom of students who are on roughly the same language proficiency level. This also probably indicates that there are more EL learners in their school and they probably already have a system. But some teachers like me, for example, sometimes work with only a few students at a time or even individually and To top it off, the proficiency levels are also different even in small groups. To plan, one needs to have an idea of a topic and many EL teachers do not have a set curriculum, which makes it more challenging to plan. And finally, frequently teachers are creating multiple lesson plans for one day because they see different proficiency levels and even ages in that one day, which makes it also uh, quite challenging. So let's go into the components of an effective uh, lesson plan. 
and we'll start there. And uh, I will have more episodes coming up, uh, diving into the lesson planning. What do we include in a lesson? So there are six elements in a lesson plan. These are objectives, background building, review or motivation. This is all one section, depending on whether you are doing just one lesson or you have a sequence of lessons. Uh, The next part is presentation, which is the actual lesson plan, practice, guided and independent, assessment and extension. Now, before I dive into this greater in greater detail, there are a few things I would like to mention. The first one is preparation. It is important to think about your lesson beforehand and collect all the necessary materials that you will use. So for example, think about the books or textbooks or pictures that you might want to use um, and uh, try to brainstorm and maybe write down or start collecting them. The second one is strategies. In your lesson plan, it is a great idea to list the strategies that you will use. For example, does your lesson lend itself to lots of pair or group work? Or are the students complete beginners and you need to keep in mind that your speech should be more targeted? For example, do you need to give a word bank uh, and the sentence stems? Um, maybe you need to have a lot of visuals along with those uh, scaffolds. And what strategies are you going to use in that particular lesson? In reality, not every lesson plan will look super detailed. However, it is a good idea to write it out completely a few times so that you get used to the procedure and it becomes natural for you to teach this way. At the same time, writing a detailed plan allows you to think about it and see what activities will or will not work and whether it makes sense. All right, let's get to the actual lesson components. As mentioned earlier, your lesson has to have an objective. An objective clearly states what our goal for the lesson or the unit is. It should be detailed enough so that it is possible to measure or assess and should state the end result of your lesson. For example, what the students will know and be able to demonstrate after the lesson is completed. If you are familiar with the PSYOP protocol, which is a research-based instructional model that addresses the academic needs of English learners, it distinguishes between making two sets of objectives for your lessons. A language objective will cover what you want your students to know about, say, grammar or vocabulary. A content objective will cover the new concepts that are usually taught in content areas such as math, social studies, science, and other subjects. Now, for example, if you, let's say you're working on a lesson about Romeo and Juliet, uh, your objectives could be as follow. Language objective would be this. The students will be able to use previously taught vocabulary when speaking in complete sentences. And the content objective would be the students will be able to define tragedy and give examples of it from real life. Let's say media, movies, they've seen, etc. Here is another example of language and content objective. Language objective, the students will be able to use vocabulary that is necessary to effectively compare and contrast in speaking and writing. Here are the comparison words to use. In comparison, similarly, the same way, like, likewise, and contrast words, in contrast, different, differently, unlike. The content objective, 
Students will be able to compare and contrast the main characters in the ro story Romeo and Juliet and the musical West Side Story. You are probably already aware and can see how the language and the content are so related and we are teaching the students to move forward and uh, I actually am excited for this lesson, for this objective. Once we know what the goal of the lesson is, we move into the background building phase. This is a very important part where the teacher hooks the students so their brain is primed for the next part of the lesson. Depending on the level of your students, the background building of your lesson could be include could include lessons, uh, lessons, questions that would uh, elicit what they already know about the topic. And it could also include showing them a short video that is related to your topic and having a short discussion after or pictures and asking them to brainstorm what they see. For a lesson that is one in a sequence, uh, background building could be a simple review that activates your students' brains or asks a question that piques their curiosity. Basically, questions, pictures, games, videos uh, that allow your students to get into the frame of mind and thinking about what comes next. Background building is then followed by the main act, the presentation. It is the main body of the lesson where you present your topic. So this is where you teach the objective, whether it's vocabulary, whether it's simple sentences, definition of a tragedy, or providing information on how to compare and contrast. This is also the part where you use comprehensible input, which means teaching students just above their level that ensures that they get the most out of their lesson the students should be able to tap into what they already know and apply this information to continue learning. In the presentation part of the lesson, you will dive into any and all strategies that will allow your students at different levels to understand what you're teaching them. After all this talk and showing, it is time to move into the practice portion. It is very important for the students to practice, but before they do it on their own, it's just as important for you to clearly model what and how you want them to do it. A simple formula of I do, you do, we do will help students of all ages understand what your expectations for practice are. For example, if you want them to practice speaking in pairs, you should first demonstrate with a student volunteer how you would like them to proceed and what you will be looking for in their interaction. If you want your students to do a simple worksheet, make sure to go over the instructions with them and check for understanding before they begin the exercise. First, it is great listening practice, and second, you will get the most accurate picture of how well your students have grasped the material and whether you need additional practice or additional information in your presentation section. One of the two last parts of the lesson is review or assessment. Now, before letting the students leave, have them reflect on what they have learned. A simple review strategy could be an exit ticket where you could ask the students to answer the questions, what is one thing that you learned today and what is one thing you still have questions about? Um, you could ask them to do a short reflective journal entry <clears throat> this is more suited for those who are high beginners and above. Any activity that allows the students to review the key concepts and vocabulary will serve as a good part of this lesson. It will also allow you to continue planning. 
The final element of an effective lesson plan is extension. Although not all activities may readily lend themselves to an extension of a lesson, it is good to have because it allows the students to tap into their higher order thinking skills. An extension of your teaching could be an assignment that you give your students that requires them to use either the concepts or the vocabulary or both in a new context. For example, create a new dialogue or a what-if scenario for a play. I often give my students a super simple assignment to listen for vocabulary that we've learned in class, in their other classes and everyday life. Quite often, they come back and report to me that they heard a word used in a certain context that made them feel empowered because they knew it or made them question the meaning of the word even further because it didn't make sense. As always, this was quite a bit of information, so let's do a quick recap. First, we talked about why summer is the best time to begin thinking about lesson planning. Then we touched upon the unique specifics of lesson planning for English learners. And finally, we went over the main components of an effective lesson plan. Now, before I go, I have an action item for you. Think about the upcoming school year and about what your needs will be. Will you be a new teacher? Will you be changing grades? Will you be looking for a curriculum? Will, what will your situation be? I bet that you will find the map out your first month with ESL Beginners Masterclass super helpful. So I want you to go to my website and sign up. Now, what is this masterclass about? After you finish this two-part masterclass, you will have a clear idea of what your overall teaching goal for the first month should be, how to narrow it down to daily lessons, exactly what to focus on in each lesson, the best way to measure success, and most importantly, you'll feel more organized and confident. Now, are you ready? Let's get that lesson planning going. Go to simplyyeva.com forward slash masterclass. That's S-I-M-P-L-Y-I-E-V-A.com forward slash M-A-S-T-E-R-C-L-A-S-S. I will see you there. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, Come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.